Welcome to Reading the Bible Together podcast. If you're following along in the study guide, we're going to do the reading first, and then we'll go into our conversation about Luke chapter 19. Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another, because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 40. New International Version. Welcome to the Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith, and today we are talking about Luke chapter 19. And my guest today is station manager of one of our sister stations, KTIS, a music station, and his name is Dave St. John. Welcome, Dave. Hi, Angela. It's great to talk about the Bible with you. This is such a fun project. Nice job. Thanks. I mean, it's so fantastic. I'm getting paid to study the Bible. <laughs> I mean, isn't that just the best? It's like a, it's like a small group. You know, the person who <laughs> yeah. learns the most is the one who's leading the small group. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same thing. And I have learned a ton, Yeah, which has been so fun to kind of look at the whole book of Luke and then also really look into who Luke was. I mean, and the way that he kind of attacks the account of Jesus like an investigative reporter. Yeah. So it's been really, it's been really cool to look at it from his perspective and then to see what the Lord, you know, brings out every episode so far has been different. You know, each different guest is pulling out something different in the chapter. So I I can't wait to see where the Lord leads for this one. Yeah. I've really enjoyed listening to this podcast. So thank you. I've, you know, 18 chapters in, hopefully the 19th will be able to keep pace with all the previous chapters that have come before (laughs) us here. So what has stuck out to you in chapter 19? Mm, I think more than anything, I I will admit I'm a big fan of Mark, you know, action. Let's go, Mm -hmm. right? Luke gets into detail. And my wife and I, in preparing for this, we just ended up talking a little bit about She's much more of a detail-oriented person. And so as we kind of talked through this, read through this, I think some of the things that have jumped out to me really come down to the struggle of the Pharisees, they just can't get out of their own way. Mm-hmm. And how I go, yeah, that sounds familiar. And I'm looking in the mirror going, <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yes, the whole time with the Pharisees, I right. see 
myself more and more in the Pharisees. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's not it's not exactly encouraging. No, it's not it's not pretty. Uh I learned about a donkey being a, a, an animal of peace. More to come on that. Mm-hmm. But I think more than anything is just simply Jesus being until the end of chapter 19, when he really got upset with people, of course, and I, most people know the story of him overturning the table, tables in the temple and everything. And, and, and it's kind of like it's kind of like the, the quarterback who throws the interception. That makes the highlight reel for the news, right? Mm-hmm. But yet through the chapter over and over and over again, Jesus is this balance of confidence and calm. He knows yesterday. He knows today. And it showed he knows tomorrow. He's just calm. And yet in the midst of it, it's not like he's this disconnected uh, son of God. He is weeping in this chapter. He's upset in this chapter. A lot of emotion, too. Yeah. And I mean, and it starts out with him. I love the story of Zacchaeus. And I love the way that that he went after mm-hmm. wanting to just get a glimpse, just get yeah. a glimpse and see Jesus. And then to have Jesus turn and say, hey, I'm going to your house. Yeah. When you when you know who you are, you know, like just like we were talking about how we see ourselves in the Pharisees. You know, he was a tax collector, knew what he was, knew that he was a sinner, knew that he was kind of an outcast, not kind of. He was an outcast. Yeah. And then for the Messiah to say, I'm going to come to your house. I can't even imagine what that was like for him. You know, I think about um, my wife and I, we lived in West Palm Beach, Florida for a little while. And Palm Beach is like the community in America, if you don't know. Crazy wealth. And and as I read chapter 19, um, it really talked about Zacchaeus putting him in a place of, this guy isn't going to put himself out there. And here he is climbing a tree with reckless abandon, not thinking anything about what anyone else thinks of. Isn't that Zacchaeus, the really wealthy guy up there, upstanding guy up in that tree? He's just a guy who wants to see what's going on. I mean, that's, I mean, think about the people who are wealthy now. That's like Elon Musk. And I yeah. don't know his heart or where he is or whatever. No, no, no. But that's like him climbing a tree. Yeah, right, right. Which would feel really, really strange. I mean, imagine in social media and the news, Elon Musk shimmying up a, a, a cedar tree to go see somebody passing down the street. That, right. that just, like, that would, we would go never, viral. Yeah, that would never happen. Mm-hmm. And yet here's Zacchaeus, kind of in that, that man of wealth, mm-hmm. man of importance. But he abandoned it all because he wanted to see Jesus. And, you know, it goes back to what uh, was being said in Luke 19 is, you know, here are the Pharisees struggling, trying to figure out who Jesus is and, and questioning why is Jesus eating with sinners and all those different things that he, Jesus was doing and they couldn't understand. And here's the innocence of Z- Zacchaeus just simply going, I just want to see him. And as you pointed out a moment ago, then Jesus says, well, I, I want to come to your house and have dinner. Today's your day. Like, mind-blowing. Right. That's amazing. It's amazing. And and it goes back to, which also is talked about in this chapter, why Jesus, who is the Son of Man, why did he come? <laughs> yeah. You know, the fact that um, Jesus said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners is interesting because, you know, Romans 3 points out there's no one righteous, not even one. So... Who has he called? It's every one of us, right? You know, there's this guy, um, his name is Chuck. He helped me to understand Jesus is the one who does the calling. And that helps us to see what's happening here. 
is the opposite of what we think should be happening. I mean, before God changed my life, like I would think that Jesus would hang with the righteous. That was my image of what it was, Jesus and the righteous, right? Mm -hmm. But what I now understand is Jesus came after me because I was a sinner and I get to be with him because of his righteousness. It's not like I'm suddenly, the only reason I'd be called righteous is because of him, never because of me. Right. Yeah. He, I can't remember where it talks about it, but it talks about he, we, he puts his robe of righteousness on us. Mm-hmm. And so we are covered by right. his righteousness. And what I love about this is that it talks about that he came to seek and save. And so we hear a lot, the save that he came to save. I don't think we necessarily hear the seeking that he came to seek and save mm. that he is after. I mean, for me in, in my story of coming to Christ, it was him seeking me. It was him wooing me. It was him, I mean, almost chasing me. And everywhere I went, he was right there and I couldn't get away from him. Mm-hmm. And so I love the way that he, that he seeks us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when you think about a changed life, those who have been forgiven much, celebrate that much more. You know, you think about Sunday morning, I think about someone who is, you know, practically, I mean, it's not very Norwegian, but standing on their chair with their hands up in the air. And I think to myself, wow, what must they have been forgiven of? Because they sure are thankful. Yeah. Yep. And it makes me, so the next question on the study guide talks about the triumphal entry and having people listen to it and see what sticks out. Mm -hmm. And when I listened to it, it was that Jesus said, well, if these people didn't call out to him and worship him and and call him who he was, that he was the Messiah. He was, you know, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, that the rocks would cry out. Yes. And I always think of that. So the North Shore in Minnesota is one of my favorite places and just those craggy, rocky shores. And I think of this often that if I didn't call out and worship him, even the rocks would cry out to worship him. So here's the funny thing. Like, my brain is a lot simpler. That's a really cool thing. You know what stood out to me? Mm-mm. It was the fact that God the Son was being helped onto a colt. Oh. That, that God the Son was being helped onto a donkey. I mean, I was thinking to myself, let me get this straight. As I studied this, the creator of the universe, the savior of the world, was being helped up onto the donkey. And um, a couple of versions said that he just is straight up put up there. So whether he was helped up or put there, you know, what I was thinking about was how often we have idols in our life. We raise idols up, right? And so in the perfect story of the perfect life of Christ, God allows us to choose whether we put the one, Jesus, who rightfully belongs in that place of worship. And I was thinking to myself, here are people who are choosing to put Put Jesus up on this colt, this donkey. Mm -hmm. And I thought, right. In total perfection, Jesus didn't just climb up. No, people helped him up there. They put him on that animal. I never thought about that and how profound that is to think about the people that were doing the pudding. Yeah. That were putting him there. Right. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing in heaven. So what's your story? Well, I yeah. got to help Jesus up <laughs> yeah. on the donkey. No way. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, um, but as I, as I thought about this and, and learned a little bit more, the donkey had no idea. Like, it, it makes sense to me that a donkey is not an animal of war. Like, horses, okay, but a donkey, no. A donkey comes in peace. A donkey is a commoner's animal, you know? And I thought, wow, to take a, a the lowly animal, and that's what Joe, Jesus chose to ride in on, that's a big deal. Yeah. 
The other thing that always makes me think about a donkey is how God used it in the Old Testament. I don't remember where the reference is, but the, when the donkey spoke. I can't remember who was riding yes. on the donkey, but their donkey spoke. And I often think, you know yes. what? If God can use a donkey, he can That's use right. me too. That's right. <laughs> well, it's even the, the, what, the jawbone of a, of a donkey that, that was used to uh, uh, lash out. I mean, so clearly there's a theme here that we're picking up on too mm-hmm. as to what, you know, the donkey in the Bible. Right, right. And how this animal who maybe seems like it doesn't, like you said, it's not, it's not glorious. It's not a war horse. Yes. It's not a beautiful animal. Right. But it's useful and had a purpose that yeah. God used that the donkey, donkeys yeah. to fulfill his purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And when he's on, so the next question, when Jesus is on his way into Jerusalem, he weeps over Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And I really struggle with this because I mean, he talks about how the he's weeping over Jerusalem because the people don't understand the peace, the way to peace. They don't understand that he's the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And it even talks about that now their eyes have been, it's too late. Peace has been hidden from your eyes. Yeah. I just, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what he was feeling, riding in, knowing what was coming, and that the people, his people, you know, these sons and daughters of Abraham That's are not right. recognizing him yeah. for who he is. Yeah. You know, um, I was reading in uh, Luke 2, you know, the importance of Jerusalem in terms of Jesus. This is where he was presented in the temple. And just there's so much history, obviously, with Jerusalem. You know, in, in verses 42 through 44, he could see what Israel's future was. And it wasn't good. I mean, um, it was as if the Israelites were so close. You know, what's that What's that saying? The difference between, you know, the, the, the distance between knowing Christ and not, you know, the whole head and heart thing is, is what, six inches, 12 mm-hmm. inches, you know, somewhere in there. And it's that same sort of thing where the Israelites were so close right there with Jesus. And yet they didn't recognize and welcome God's personal visit yeah. in being Jesus walking with them. Well, and just the conversation we were having about righteousness before makes me think about the self-righteousness of mm. the, the the Pharisees and that there had been generations of, I mean, because there was the law that was given and then it seemed like there were other things attached to the law. Like this is a law and then these are all of the the dozen ways that you need to do, what you need to do to fulfill this law. That's right. There were, there were all these, it was almost like they were the gatekeepers and they were putting up more locks, more yeah. gates, more fencing, more walls, more of a barrier between getting to God. And probably, I'll, I mean, I'll pull for the Pharisees for one moment and say, probably good intentions in yes. the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. So often this stuff is good intentions. So it's like, don't go to movies, don't play cards, don't, you know, all those don'ts that we think about that are stereotype Christianity. There's usually a root in there of good intentions, but it just goes so awry so fast. Mm-hmm. It really, yeah, it does. Which is why I relate so much to the Pharisees because <laughs> I get that. Right. I totally get that. Right. <laughs> okay. And then the la- we've come to the last question. Um, in verse 46, Jesus quotes part of Isaiah. And why does the Lord bless foreigners? Is this, is this where I'm vulnerable? tell you i i i had to work at this one this one didn't just like it wasn't just easy for me yeah the verse about my house is a house of prayer that's the one you were talking about right you've turned it into a 
den of thieves, religious bazaar, whatever your, your Bible translation says. So I went back to what you had asked, Angela, and it said, you know, verse 6, talking about foreigners who love and pursue the Lord. Those who are his servants, holding fast to God's covenant, these are the people, these people, God will give them joy in his house of prayer. And it was, you know, at the core, the point is that those who are pursuing God, it's about, wait for it, our heart. Mm. Even, in, even in the Old Testament, it's yeah. about our heart. And I love that. I love that it, that it's it's not necessarily about who you are or what your um, ancestry is or what your affiliation is. It came down to the commitment that the foreigners had to the Lord, the way mm-hmm. that they served him, the way that they loved him. It, it had to do with the Lord. Mm-hmm. It had to do with their relationship with the yeah. Lord. Yeah, which, you know, is, is was true back then and you know, I came to find was was true today, you know. Grew up going to church every Sunday. Good people, nice people. Never heard the true gospel of Jesus. Um, heard it from some in college, but I had no idea what they were talking about. And it was only, and here it is, it was only when God softened my heart and I heard the gospel that it became clear. And 28 years ago, I was able to um, say, Lord, I'm all in and recognize my need for him in my life. And I think that, you know, whether it is the New Testament or the Old Testament, I mean, we can weave all these different things together, and it just comes back to it's about the story of Jesus. And who is he to you? And that's really, I think, the the, the whole question that Luke is asking and answering, who is Jesus? That's right. And we see him time and again, time and again, he's the Messiah. He's the one that can make us righteous by giving us his robe of righteousness because of what we're going to see happen in the next chapters coming up. And and after all, I mean, like in society today, when, when someone says, I'm a doctor, like, what do you think? You think, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. Luke was a doctor. So I suppose we better pay attention, right? <laughs> yeah. That's like Bible humor. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dave. Thank you for making the time to come and be with us and talk about Luke 19. Angela, thank you for what you're doing. This is a great project. Well done. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us for reading the Bible together. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. And next time we'll be talking about Luke chapter 20. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com.